Blog Talk Radio. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected it's time for another summer of big brother hi back from the dead the troubadour of talk the toxic shock block talk and your host through the big brother 19 season i am sam williams always humble and grateful to be here with you. As you know, I probably won't have a lot of you guys tonight because i tell you what, of all the times for me to catch the stomach virus, if you listened to last week, I told you guys, you know, doing the show from home, got to, you know, keep an eye out. The son's not feeling well. If I've got to go in and help him out or, or whatever. I don't know if some of you guys have kids. I have two, both very young, and uh, when one's sick, the other one's, you know, getting in your way, and it's very, very difficult. Somebody's always crying, and, you know, being sick is always – I told you guys at the beginning of the season, you know, it's always fun until the kids start school, and then they start bringing home every kind of virus and germ and cold and any kind of thing you can think of. They somehow seem to get it. They're like, you know, post-it notes on dirt. They just pick it all up, and they bring it home, and they're sick always at night, always when you got something to do. And so last week, you know, we were dealing with that Thursday when we were talking about the, you know, I guess kind of like the beginning of the finale there. And Thursday night he wasn't doing well, so he kind of put together this show as quick as I could. Was sure if I wasn't going to do it or cancel it, I got to do it. And I get, you know, what should I do? Went ahead and did the show, <laughs> and, you know, we get through it okay. And by God, if Wednesday doesn't come and I get up and I got what they call the tummy gurgles where you just know something's just not right. Uh, you know, I don't go into work. Uh, I, I, you know, stay at home. I try to get better, guys. I'm telling you, I took every pill I could take within reason without being a uh, illegal pharmaceutical um, junkie. I took every amount of rest I could take, water, whatever, and it just was not happening. And as the night grew, I grew worse and worse and worse and sicker and sicker and sicker, and it's one of those things where, you know, you just take these naps, you know, that you're going to just, oh, you know, I'm going to lay down and sleep, and when I wake up, I'll feel better, and then two hours later, you're waking up, and you feel no no better, your head's pounding, it was just a rough day for me yesterday, but we are back in the saddle, trying to get this done, and, and finish this thing up, 
And so I do appreciate you guys being with me. I really do. I appreciate you guys being with me all season. Listen, this is the finale show. This is the last of them. So if you want to call in, you want to have something to say, 713-955-0749. Feel free to. I understand that some people are a little self-conscious about doing it. So if you don't feel like it, that's fine. I also know that we're a day behind. So certainly I don't expect a lot of calls. But if they come in, I will take them. Just understand that i got to periodically check in between my notes and the studio so that if you're sitting on hold, you just got to sit there for a few minutes. Um, but just hang in there. Um, but I do appreciate everybody who is going to be listening to this that, you know, was kind enough to put out. also appreciate the nice messages that I got about my son and about me feeling better. Thank you guys so much. Renee, especially, I thank you so much for sending private messages, uh, you know, making sure I'm going to feeling better and my kids are doing good, and I really appreciate the positive thoughts on that for everybody that did that. Thank you very much. Um, so we're back in this thing, and what a wild finale, right? I mean, every the social media is lighting up. You know, I tweeted out Paul's uh, message to people. Uh, obviously, he read a lot of the TMZ stuff about him, uh, about the racist thing uh, that obviously bothered him. A lot of people kind of shunning his statements. You know, I got a lot of retweets that were saying, you know, a little too later, you're not watching the live feeds or whatever. And I do think that Paul's a little bit oblivious to the way he acted in the House. But I do think anything, you know, we talked about this before, and we won't get into this political part of it, but anytime somebody is called, you know, especially you got to think about it. You know, you might say something that's taken the wrong way within people that you know, and you can kind of explain yourself or apologize for it or, you know, I shouldn't have said something like that, stupid of me, whatever. And it's kind of forgotten about it. People are your true friends. They move on. It's another thing when you're being watched by half of America, not really half America, let's be honest, probably like, what, 10%, maybe lower, of America. God, I'm trying to put the numbers in my head even lower than that. I mean, we're talking like 3 or 4%. But when you're in that situation, and social media magnifies everything that you do in that house. This is for people that are going into the future. I'd love for my listeners to go in, that's for sure. But, you know... Um, and if you do, please give me a shout-out in the diary room. I really appreciate that. But, uh, you know, you go into a house like that, and everything's magnified. I mean, it's it's, it's expressed over and over again. It's, it's, you know, multiplied on social media. And so when somebody – when something like a news media outlet like TMZ kind of accuses you of being a racist, it, it, and you don't – and you know that you're not, or you feel in your heart that you're not that type of person – I think that was a lot of what he answered for, uh, not all of it, but I think there was a portion of that. And I think it was really, really hard for him to kind of come out and see that because I'm sure it's one of the first things you, you kind of notice. And I remember that, and before we get into the finale, I remember I remember Reagan. I don't know if you guys remember Reagan from season 12. Season 12 to me was one of the last great casted seasons. You know, wasn't it was the brigade and all that. And, I mean, was it a great strategy season? No. But it was a really fun season because everybody was really playing hard and playing to win. It was, it was a really good – it was really well casted. And like I say, probably if I look at the last couple of seasons, 12 to me may not have been a great season strategically, um, but it was a really fun season as far as you really did enjoy watching the people in the house that season. Enzo was incredible. Lane was hilarious. Brittany Haynes was was amazing. I mean, it just was a really well-casted season. And the last season, I feel like, was really casted well. Um, but if you go back to that, Reagan was in that season. And, and he did a little write-up that I thought was great about, you know, life after you get out of the house. And this has a lot to do with Paul. And maybe even Josh, too. But when you get out of the house, you know, one of the biggest things he said is do not 
Go, you know, do not open your Facebook, Twitter, don't open any social media for a year, um, and, and just fight yourself on on going online to look about anything up yourself, uh, you know, anything about your name or anything about your season of Big Brother. Just you know, let it ride for a year before you ever look at it because it will absolutely, you know, either inflate your ego too large or it will absolutely devastate your ego to the point where you're you don't even want to go outside because it can depress you. Because people are making judgments about the way that you performed in the house, and things like this TMZ report that I think Paul mentioned in, in the in the uh, thing that he wrote on I think it was Instagram, kind of addressed that, you know. Um, and I think it's kind of sad that we do do that to a lot of people um, because we either love them or hate them when they're on the show. And Dr. Will said it several times in his interviews. You know, look, we're, we can be a vicious group. We can either be a kind group or a vicious group. You know, we saw what happened with. Um, in, in Big Brother 13 with Shelly when she voted out uh, Jeff and how people were sending her death threats. I mean, we kind of not take it so serious. But, you know, I, I see that, you know, that was some of what he mentioned, and, and I do agree with him on that. Um, but, again, guys, this year it wouldn't have been possible without Morty's television. Uh, our relationship with them has been so important, and I want to thank them personally. Every time I get on their show, I, I try to thank them. Uh, I try to thank uh, Fusky, who you guys hear on the show all the time. Um, he is somebody that has really helped us put this together, and, and they do so much to promote this. And a lot of you guys have come from that, and I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. I mean, without them, none of this would be possible. Please continue to follow us on the BB After Show Twitter. This is the final show of this season for Big Brother 19. But I want to remind you guys that starting around, like, March – I believe it's like February or March, we do a big bro- Best Big Brother Player bracket, which is a lot of fun. A lot of players get involved in it. A lot of house guests retweet it. A lot of house guests ask for votes. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, when somebody wins, they retire so that you can't just keep having a Dr. Will and a Dan win every year. So far, Dan and Dr. Will have been the two winners. Um, this is something we just started two years ago. And so they're not eligible to be in the bracket again. So they will—they were both number one seeds. If you know anything about brackets, they were both number one seeds, and you know that will change. Somebody else will move up to a number one seed and a number two seed, and so on. So every year the bracket completely gets demolished and re-put together. Like everybody that was matched up last year will not be matched up this year. It'll switch around. So it's—it's it's not the same thing every time. People are like, "Well, what bracket are you?" It's it's a bracket where we sit down, we look at all the players from top to bottom. I think it's the top 16 in each bracket, so it gets very, very hard. And every year, guys, it never fails. And it's always Evil Dick. I love the guy, but every year I put, like, Evil Dick versus, like, oh, God, you know, like, maybe – I'm trying to think off the top of my head now, somebody who was not very good. Like, maybe, like, Lawan or somebody like that. And every year he tweets out how ridiculous this bracket is because it's it, – how can – you know? and it's like, dude, it, you go against the tougher people as you go. It narrows down. <laughs> and, I, and I have to explain it sometimes over and over again in, in, a, in a season. It's kind of sad. But it's a lot of fun. So please keep tweeting us. Please keep on touch of it. We'll slow down, of course. We may do a Celebrity Big Brother. That's been something that we've been talking about. But if we do, you know, we'll keep throwing polls out there. We'll keep in your eye. We'll keep your, your attention – um, by doing that. So please keep following us. I'm telling you, the bracket is a lot of fun, and it goes for like three months. And I think we do two a week. 
Um, so two two groups a week, so you might get two to vote on every week. So it's a lot of fun. I think we do one from like Monday through Wednesday, and then we do one from like Thursday through the weekend. So it's it's a blast. We've had Dr. Will retweet us, uh, Rachel. I mean everybody you can think of. Daniel um, Daniel Murphy has been involved. Shelley's really sweet on there. She's always tweeting us. So keep it. It's it's a lot of fun. So keep up with it. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the best place to start with all this would be, you know, we already know who's who's won this thing. And I guess, you know, the best way to start all this is to kind of go, not really from the beginning, but as this final three begins to unfold. Now, we were kind of locked out of a lot of information. Uh, the feeds were open here and there uh, throughout that final three. Um, but, you know, we kind of open up with a Dr. Will jury discussion. And, and I got to tell you guys, I am a big proponent for having jury cameras. I mean, if they're going to let, if they're going to charge you five dollars a month to watch the house, they ought to let you watch the jury. They don't have to be in the bedrooms, just like in the kitchen, in the common area, living room, stuff like that. Uh, I guess they don't want us to have a hint of who people are going to vote for. But I think if that's pre-discussed, where there are certain areas maybe where we're not allowed to see where they discuss votes, or they discuss who they're voting for, where we can't see it, I think it's one thing. Um, and I'm sure that that's why there's not cameras in the in the jury house. It's just kind of like, look, we don't want people knowing where the jury's going to lean, <clears throat> and that's fair. Um, but I think that they need to put it in there for entertainment purposes. I think it would be a this jury house, as I said, was one of the best. I mean, to see the actual disagreements, to see the actual delusions, reality, um, people being hit in the face with how things really were was really astonishing. I mean, you know, I think we all kind of knew that people were going to get a real real taste in, uh, of reality, and they did. I, they very much did, and I think there was a lot of things that were discussed in that house that we may not be privy to that even influenced Alex's vote uh, when she basically told in one of the closing interviews that Paul had been talking about her behind her back and that a lot of the jury members had revealed to her that Paul had said some things about her, maybe about getting rid of her and how she was dangerous and all this other stuff. And she felt very, very betrayed by Paul, and that had a lot to do with her vote. Um, so, you know, we really need these jury cameras, I'm telling you. I think it would really enhance, you know, I think it would really, really enhance uh, all access for you guys that are paying the money for it, and I'm paying money for it too. But, you know, for the fans that are doing that, I think it would be great to have the jury uh, vote. How about Dr. Will with gray hair? If you've been watching this season from the beginning, it's really, 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 it really, really – makes you realize how old you are when you're watching Dr. Will and he was such a he was such a young guy when he started in that house like in season uh season 2 he was so young and even in season 7 he looked you know he looked young and now to see him with gray hair and <laughs> he's got the dad look to him I mean you know still great and and still the best but Man, you know, when you see him with gray hair, it kind of throws you for a loop a little bit. But I, I really think they put Dr. Will in there to help the jury be, you know, realistic. And I think that Dr. Will's one of those guys that kind of comes in and says, you know, look, you know, you may be, you know, feeling like you were betrayed, and you may be feeling like you were lied to, and you may want to get back at them, but you have to consider who played the best game for you. Like, in your opinion, who played the best? If you take all your personal feelings out of it and all the hurt and all the pain of being lied to, did that person play the best game? And I think that he was very much trying to get the jury to take their own personal feelings out of it and vote by who they thought that was the best uh, player. Not that it mattered if it was Paul or Josh, just I think Dr. Will's thing is always, you know, whoever you're going to vote for, just make sure it's not out of spite, unless that's how you want to vote. But 
you know, we talk about this all the time. Who's the most deserving winner of a season? Well, it's the person that the jury feels like deserves it, whether it makes sense or not. I don't particularly think that Jordan deserved her win, but the jury did feel like she deserved a win, maybe because she didn't burn anybody and she didn't talk badly about anybody. So it's very possible that the jury can vote anywhere they feel. I mean, if you look at season, I would think it was season five where June won. I mean, if you look at, that was one of the best juries ever because they were allowed to see what June and Allison were saying about them, the final two girls, what, you know, they were saying about them in DR and, it was a very, very, very angry jury that came out that was very hurt by a lot of things that were said behind their back. Um, so I think Will's there to try to kind of make people think reasonably and say, look, I want you to think about the game. Um, you know, the jury was really going to try to get revenge, and I think that this was, this jury was really about revenge. I think it was about getting back. I think uh, Paul um, – there's a little bit of luck in where Paul was at, sure. Um, but, again, we, they, they let Paul roll as long as Paul did. I mean, there were opportunities for them to get out, Paul. Um, and, you know, it's funny. This is a jury that, to me, always, you know, almost everybody said, oh, if I was up against Paul, I would have won. I mean, Christmas has said that. Um, you know, Alex has said that. I think Jason said something similar to that. I, I mean, you know, it's a lot, uh, Raven thinks that Paul, <laughs> she would have won against Paul, but, you know, Raven would have thought she won against everybody. Um, I think Matt probably thought he would have won against Paul. I think it was just one of those things where they just were convinced to themselves that they actually played so well that they would have won against Paul. And maybe with Josh winning, there's some validity to that. Maybe we judged the cast wrong in a way that maybe they were right. Maybe they did say, hey, being a vet was a disadvantage. And to go ahead and take him to the end and go ahead and do whatever he wants because – Nobody in the jury is going to vote for him. I don't know that that's necessarily how things would have gone, but it is how things went. And so you have to give a little bit of lead over that situation to say, well, you know what? What the, what the actual cast thought would happen kind of happened. You know, Paul was kind of at a disadvantage in that jury. But would he have been at a disadvantage had he had played a different way? Had he had, he had, had the, the game of Paul but the finish of Josh? Does that make sense? If he'd have played this game like Paul played, but he had finished the game like Josh, would he have one-handedly? Very much so. I think 100%. But at the time, when you're looking at the jury and these people are saying nobody's going to vote for Paul, maybe they had a point there. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of ego in that jury. It played a huge part in the jury vote when it was all said and done. Um, I think overall, at the end of the day, they all kind of wanted Paul to apologize. I think they just wanted Paul to say, I use you because I need to get further in the game, and I know that that's hard to understand right now, but one day you're going to look back and realize that this was a game for a half a million dollars. And I think that Paul made a valuable, a very valuable error here, and he made a very big mistake, and that is not explaining to people yet again that you do not know what it's like to sit in this spot and to lose by one vote. You do not know what it's like to spend a year thinking about what I could have done differently to win to win the money, to win the game, to have that ability to not have to have everybody come up to you and say, oh, you deserve to win. Sad you didn't. That means nothing. I mean, you know, look, it might, might make you feel good that other people recognize that you should have won, but the fact of the matter is that you didn't. And to have to sit there and hear people tell you over and over again, man, you really should have won, has got to take a mental and emotional toll on somebody who spent that much time in the house. 
and you and you're sitting there saying, "Wow, everybody thinks I should have won except for the people that were there." And I think that Paul should have done a really uh, uh, should, Paul should have just done a better job at looking them in the face and saying, "Guys, you know, I know you're mad at me. I know that there are things that I did that you're not going to be happy with. I know I promised you friendship, and we've talked about what a fake thing that is. It shouldn't even be involved. But you know, I know I told you, misled you guys. But I, I got to tell you, unless you're ever in this position to sit second and lose by one vote to somebody you don't feel like you should have lost against, you never know what that feels like. You'll never know that loss. And when I came back in this season, I was determined that no matter what I had to do, I had to play it a little differently, and I had to pay it, play it a little bit more ruthless. And if that meant that I had to use you guys in terms of getting that, I did that. Was it right? No, I don't feel good about it. It's not who I am outside the house. That's where I made a mistake. This is not who I am outside the house. But when you have that loss and when you're dealing with that for an entire year, it's very, very hard to come back in this house and not feel like you've got to do everything you've got to do to win. And I think that not explaining that and not explaining to each person that, Alex, I couldn't take you. There was no way. We've seen, we've seen jurors do that. Dan was really, really good about breaking out the jurors and saying, this is why I had to get rid of you, this is why I had to get rid of you, this is why I had to get rid of you. This is, an, this is a jury filled with egos and delusions. It was filled with egos and delusions, from Alex to Raven, you know, to, to Mark, to Cody. I mean, it was, a, it was very delusional. And I think that it was, it was very, very important for him to say, Alex, I could not take you to the end. I hope you understand. I know that you're probably upset tonight, but I want to apologize to you that I, I misled you and everything, but I simply thought I couldn't win against you. I think if he had done that with a couple of the jurors, I think he would have won their votes. I think particularly Alex, he would have won. And I think Alex kind of, I think Josh kind of does whatever Alex says. I, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jason. I think Jason kind of does what Alex says. He explained that in his, in his exit interviews where he was saying, look, you know, Alex was somebody I looked to because Alex was somebody who watched the show all the time. She knew what she was doing. I wasn't really somebody who watched a lot of the seasons, so I kind of relied on her knowledge to help me through this game. And I think that Jason voted the way Alex did. And I think Alex voted on purely spite because she felt like Paul screwed her over. But at the same time, in the same breath, this is where the delusion comes in, that Alex will tell you that she knows she would have won against Paul, but Paul should have taken her. And that's the part that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's the part that makes no sense, and that's where the delusion of this, almost this entire jury, almost this entire jury comes into play. And it really, really, really cost him to not be realistic when it came down to the end. The people, you know, it's like this This whole cast went on Big Brother to make friends. And they found, it was almost like, you know, when you find, like when you have a group of people that probably don't have a lot of friends, and then all of a sudden they're put into a spot where all of a sudden they're cool. Like, it, you know, in the Big Brother house, you're in this group of cool people. Whether or not it's real life or not, it's still going to be something that you're going to feel devoted to. And I think that was the magic of Paul's season, was making people feel devoted to the fact that he made them feel included into a big group, which maybe they might have not been included into outside. Now, I don't know their personal lives, but, I, you know, there's some parts of me that have to hesitate to think that a lot of these people were considered cool on the outside. I mean, I'm sure some of them, sure. But let's not fool ourselves. 
And I think Paul did a really good job at manipulating everyone in that house to make them feel like they were part of something big and that he was going to help them. Do I think that Paul helped them in their games? I do think Paul did help them in their games. But I think that Paul overplayed the game is something that Mark said. I think that Paul did overplay this game to the point where he he wanted to slash people. He wanted to basically cut necks or cut throats, and then he wanted to play victim. And you can't do that. You cannot cut throats and play victim because once people get in the jury house, they start to call you out on it. And I think he just should have said, you know what, I, this is what I had to do. I had to cut throats to be where I am here because I tasted loss last season, and it was awful. And until you guys have sat there and dealt with that, you will never understand, but I hope I hope you understand where I'm coming from. It is very hard to lose two times in a row. And I think he did change his game from last season. You know, and, and you know, I don't know if you guys listen to Rob's got a podcast, but he did such a great job interviewing the people as they were leaving. Um, and that was just one of the things is that, you know, and, and Dr. Will, let me tell you something. I tweet at CBS, and I hope you guys do too. They need to let Dr. Will do these interviews. Like, you know, listen, I'm not a Jeff fan. I liked Jeff in 11. I thought he was a genuine good guy and kind of like fighting, you know, fighting the bullies. That's the kind of guy Jeff was, was just the good All-American guy in Season 11. I thought he was an absolute jerk in Season 13. And I don't know Jeff personally, and I'm sure if I met him, it's all about what's in the house. But i got to be honest with you. His thought that him and Jordan should just walk through the house and win and that anybody that went against him was just completely out of their minds, and that's not fair, and not, shouldn't, why would they vote out Jordan and Jeff, oh, my God, the big brother sweethearts, really rubbed me the wrong way, and it really turned me on Jeff. And – I'm not a big fan of his interviews. His interviews are cushy. They're, you know, cloudy. They're, you know, puffy. You know, hey, you know, can you wait to eat slop in the house? You know, like it's just kind of a campy, cheesy interview process. And I know a lot of people like Jeff, and I'm probably going to lose people for that, and that's fine. But the whole thing is that you, when you're going into Big Brother, you do need somebody who's going to interview a little bit harder. And I did appreciate a lot of Dr. Wills being very direct about a lot of things. And I loved his interview his interview. Again, Dr. Will doesn't change. Like, he is who he is. And I love the fact that everybody that voted against Paul was somebody that he said, you know, your vote was the reason Paul didn't get the money. You know, it was one vote. It was your vote, Alex. It was your vote, you know, Jason. It was your vote. Uh, you know, that, that, those are the votes that cost Paul all this money. How does that make you feel? I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was a great interview. I thought it was a great way to interview him, to be very realistic with people and say, look, you know, this is what cost it. Does that not bother you at all? And he's very good at putting people in the spot. So I love Dr. Will's interviews. Um, and I hope that they ask Dr. Will. I know Jeff's doing some other thing. But I hope they ask Dr. Will to do the the, the uh, interviews at the beginning of the season. And I'd love to see him do extra interviews. I think he does a great job. Of course, I know he's very, very busy with what he does. But I know that he also likes being in the Big Brother spotlight still, uh, as he should, as one of the top players of all time. Uh, I think it's, a, it's kind of a credit to him to still be allowed to do things like that and be good at what he does. It, I, I really enjoyed it. So I, I hope that they do ask Dr. Will to do those interviews, and I hope that he accepts. Um, so anyway, you know, if you guys saw the um, uh, Rob Has a Podcast interviews, they were really great, and he really trolled Raven. Oh, my God. He, uh, there was a question about, and if you can't, if you can't find it, uh, tweet me, and I'll get it over to you. But he basically was asking someone, uh, or I was asking her, 
like I guess it was like listener questions to his podcast, and somebody asked her um, what was her favorite flavor of Kool-Aid that Paul made. Completely flew over her head, and of course she answers, he makes great, his best Kool-Aid was cherry Kool-Aid. He really is good at making things, and he should be a chef. And you're just like, oh, my God, right over your head. I mean, he said something about her inverted spine and how how was her knee doing. I mean, it was really, really kind of funny. I mean, it did crack me up. And, you know, but I, I told you guys, I really think that Raven is somebody who was raised delusionally. I think if you listen to the way she talks about her mom and the things that her mom's told her about her abilities and the things that she's done, listen, Raven has been raised to believe these lies. She has been told all her life that she's got all these things that are wrong with her, and I don't know, I can't remember what it's called. It's not like Munchausen or something like that. But she's been raised to believe that I think all these things are true, that she's very sick and that she's going to die one day. And I think it's allowed her mom maybe to have some control over her. That's my guess. Don't sue me. I know she's suing everyone. Feel free. I don't have a whole lot to offer you. But, you know, it's just an opinion. But I kind of think that when Raven talks, she almost believes everything that she's telling people. And I think that she's been raised to believe it. I think she's been raised that this is the truth about you. You're going to die one day, and you need to freeze your eggs, and you need to, which is on her bucket list, by the way. You need to freeze your eggs. You need to do this. You need to get married before your mama dies now, you know. Raven, get married before mama dies because mama wants to see you get married. You know, that's on her bucket list. That's number two on her bucket list. So, I mean, it's just kind of like you kind of get this impression that maybe Raven is a victim of just being told a lot of things to keep her close to her mother that are starting to really, really, really hurt her now as she becomes an adult. And I have a feeling that when she gets out there and she starts looking online and there's no doubt that the way that she thinks of herself, she will be on Twitter and she will be on Instagram looking for her quote-unquote fans, which I'm sure there's some of y'all out there. She's going to have a really rude awakening. She's one of those people I definitely would say stay off of social media for two years. Not even a year. You need to give it two years to boil it. You know, you need to let that soak in for about two years before you jump online. She's going to be really, really shocked by what she finds out. Um, you know, we look at the votes. Christmas vote at Paul. I, you know, it's not shocking to me. Um, but I do think it's kind of an insult to Josh, being that her and Josh were so close. But we saw Christmas uh, in the interview with um, Rob Scott, a podcast, and he did confront her about her feelings for Paul, and she did brush it off. Now, she never denied it, but she never answered it. It was one of those things where she kind of just kept laughing it off and, oh, you know, well, things get crazy in the house, and he's like, well, you know, there was a time when you were talking, you know, in private in the bedroom and you were talking about losing your heart. And she was like, no, you know, that, that's not something I did. When did I do that? And it was kind of like this thing where I think she knew she got busted. I know that she's engaged, and I hope that that situation, whatever's best for her, I hope works out. But I think she set herself up a lot um, into making people believe that she had some feelings for Paul. And I'm not sure how her fiancé will feel about that, but... I kind of made, I'm not shocked that she didn't vote for Josh. I just feel like, you know, it was one of those things where she kind of played off that she was bitter at Josh for not taking her. But this whole entire time was telling Josh and Paul, like, I hope you guys finish the final two. You guys really deserve it. You played really hard. You know, um, you know, if you guys get it, I'll be happy, either one of you two. And then when she goes to vote, you know, she kind of stabs Josh in the back a little bit. Now, 
her feeling is, is that Paul played the better game, which I agree with her. And if that's the way you want to vote, then that's fine. Uh, Kevin voted for Paul. I don't think that that's a shock there. I think Josh to Paul was very immature. Uh, he had mentioned a couple of times that, Paul, that you know, Josh was the type, uh, type of person that would, you know, really be hateful to somebody and then go cry in his room about it. I think that Kevin just saw Paul as the better game player, more mature player. Alex voting Josh, I think, was completely uh, out of the fact that she was bitter. I think that I think Alex is your first true bitter juror because I think that everything probably lent its hand to believe that she would vote for Paul, and we knew whatever Alex would do, Jason would do, sadly, but we just kind of knew that. I think that Alex is the key vote. I think if Alex goes Josh, Jason goes Josh, or, or goes Paul, Jason goes Paul as well, and Paul sweeps this thing. I just think that when Alex was sitting on the jury, she was looking for something from Paul that said, yes, you were better than me. I had to get rid of you. There was no way I could do it. I'm sorry for what I did to you. I, I do care about you. You are my friend. I do care deeply about you outside this game, and I hope that we are friends. I know it's going to take some time, but you got to realize that I had to burn you before you burned me. You were going to beat me. You knew that. I knew that. Why would I take you to the final three? I think that I think that that would have made sense to Alex, and I think with Alex's ego and the way that she operates, that I can tell, she would have voted for Paul. I just think that's what she was really looking for, and she didn't get it, so she gave it to Josh. And, of course, Jason followed suit. I think Jason would have totally voted for Paul if Alex had told him to. There's just no discussion there. Jason was a great exit interview, if you didn't get a chance to see that. I mean, the guy just basically gives Paul all this credit, but he does say him and Mark were the best interviews to me because Mark was another one who said, look, you know, I think that Paul played a great game. I just think he played it wrong. Jason said a lot of the same thing. I think Paul played the best game, but I think that he played us the wrong way, uh, the jury. Uh, Matt voted Paul. That was no secret. Raven voted Paul. That's no secret. I think that we knew those two were going to vote Paul either way. There's no real conundrum here. Uh, Mark and Elena I found to be a lot more likable on the outside of the house than in the house. I kind of liked Mark in the house. I, You know, listen, of all the people I would kind of want to see play again, Mark would probably be on my list. I don't know that I would want to see anybody else. Uh, a lot of people would like to see Christmas play without being hurt, but I don't really see that. I think I would like to see Mark probably play again out of everybody, and I, and hopefully none of them do. Don't get me wrong. But I think Mark would be somebody who would totally be okay with playing again. I think that he was somebody who kind of, once he got away from Elena and he kind of thought for himself, I think Paul's magic on Elena worked really well for a time there where he kind of was convincing Elena that Mark was bad for him and was dragging her down. Genius play on Mark to try to split up a lot of the couples to get them to fight within each other. And I think it worked for them for a minute. And you saw them outside the house. I thought they were hilarious in the jury house. I thought they were the most level-headed, most uh, direct people in the jury house. They didn't pull any punches. They didn't. They said, look, we were just as dumb as everybody else, but at least we see it. At least we can admit to it. Um, but I was really, really shocked to see Mark and Elena go Josh because I think that that was also a very bitter vote, that they feel like Paul's bullying and his tactics – much like you guys out there, the reason why you didn't really like Paul. I think I think Paul I think the dislike for Paul in the viewership if you're looking for a representation 
It's Matt and Elena. It's, it's Mark and Elena. Mark and Elena represented exactly how you felt in this game, for the most part. Some of you were big Paul fans, or some of you, even though you didn't like Paul, still felt like Paul should have won. I kind of feel like that myself. But I think that Mark and Elena kind of represent you guys. And they kind of kind of said, you know, look, the bullying, the tactics, the, the way that he went about it, the way he was talking about people, the way that he would send Josh to go bully people and Josh would do it and all this. Like, no, I'm not voting for somebody. I'm not going to reward bad behavior, which is something that Jason said, which I thought was interesting, was I'm not going to reward bad behavior. And I, I felt like Mark and Elena were very much the same way. Mark and Elena's vote represented, I think, exactly the same feelings that a lot of you guys had, where they felt like Paul had an advantage coming into the house by knowing the game already and by having the safety. And they felt like, you know what, we're going to go with Josh just because Josh was a new player, didn't know what he was doing, and he somehow made it to the final two. And I think it was a very spiteful vote, but I think it was representative of a lot of the viewership. And, of course, we saw Cody go for Josh, which surprised me. I really thought that Cody would go to Paul. And I know a lot of people say, what? But I, I told you guys, I thought Paul did the right thing in his speech where he talked about his comp wins. And I think he should have expressed that a little bit more to win over Cody especially. And I think it might have never have happened, but Cody is somebody who said in his exit interviews that, look, I came here to compete. And I think Cody is a little misunderstood, although i got to tell you guys, he wins America's Favorite Player, and you got to be a little bit shocked by his appreciation of it. I mean, there's pretty much no appreciation whatsoever. I think he was pretty much shocked. I think he was a little bit floored by the fact that he got it. You know, he, you know he's asked over and over again, you know, you got America's Favorite Player. How does that feel? And, and you know, Cody's kind of like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I got that. I don't know what happened. And I think even Cody knew his game was awful. And truly, Cody was an America's favorite player, but Cody's just somebody that, honestly, I think you guys just really wanted to get back at the rest of the house for, for the way that they talked about him. Now, to hear from Paul and to hear from Christmas, Christmas really cannot stand uh, Cody. Paul can't stand Cody, and there's a couple of others who really dislike Cody. And it came down to the fact that they felt like we didn't get to see truly what, a, what an unenjoyable, difficult person Cody was in the house. Now, to their credit, a lot of you guys that were big feed watchers said the exact same thing. When this was going on and a lot of you wanted Cody out of the house, you guys were expressing that left and right. You were saying, look, Cody's absolutely a horrible person in the house. The things that he does, the things that he sees, the way that he treats people, the way he looks at people, it's awful. And that was reflected in what Christmas and Paul were saying. They were saying, look, you just don't get how difficult, like Paul said, Cody was absolutely difficult to live with. And they even claim that Cody exaggerated his military service, that Cody exaggerated on a couple of things, which made them give him a hard time about his daughter, and doubting that he even had a daughter, was that apparently they felt like Cody lied about a lot of his military or somehow found out through whatever that Cody was not being truthful about his military experience. Now, I don't know if that's true. I, I'm not going to judge the man. I, I, if you served in our country, you served for our country, God bless you. I appreciate you. I will not, you know, degrade your service at all. But apparently they felt like Cody was not very forthcoming in his military um, 
resume, and then there was a couple of other things that Cody lied about that they really were burnt burnt on. Now, Cody will tell you, listen, you know, I came into the house to compete. I got in the house, and I was very frustrated because nobody wanted to compete. Everybody wanted to just do what Paul said, um, and I felt like I was competing against Paul and his group, and I was very frustrated, and that automatically turned me. But let's be honest. I think that what happened was when Paul got into the house, Cody knew his game was a little bit screwed because there's going to be a bet in the house. And I, yeah, you have to ask yourself, does Cody play differently without Paul? I don't know. I, I doubt it because, you know, it kind of seemed like this is how Cody played the game. He played it very, very close to chest. He kept his cards very close. He kept his emotions very much in check. But then, you know, you saw him make an effort, especially with Alex and Jason, to kind of make a move in with them to see if he could get a final three with them maybe when he was in the house by himself. Cody's a very confusing player because he actually had a good read on everyone. He just played poker face so hard that he played it too hard, and it ended up making everybody turn away from him. He was very unpersonable. And so when we talk about America's Favorite Player, and, you know, I support you guys wherever you want to vote. I didn't even vote America's Favorite Player because I kind of let you guys decide that. <clears throat> and I kind of want to be unbiased in the game. But I understand Cody, the vote for Cody. I understand the vote for Kevin, and I understand the vote for Jason. But I think Cody was more just a vote to make the House angry. And I think it did work. Um, but I also think it was a little bit of a troll on Paul that he, you know, that the person who didn't have him convinced won. And it kind of showed the rest of the house. Look, the one person that you couldn't control, we're, we're appreciative of. And I think that that's what sums up Cody's AFP vote. But I have to say, Cody's unappreciation of that AFP vote was very, very disturbing to me. I mean, you've been given $25,000. That makes you basically, I mean, if you think about it, that puts him in basically third place, okay, as far as money goes, because they're all going to get their stipend money. But he also had – he was the first in jury, I believe, which gives him a longer time in jury, and I believe, if you guys want to correct me or not, that he gets more money to be in jury, which is why everybody wants to get there. I think he'd go from 750 to to 1000 a week to be in jury. So he's in jury for, what, a week or you know, a, week and a, half, or a month, a month and a half? So he's getting you know, grand a week right there. And then he getting slapped $25,000. Now, what people don't realize in this game is that if you win first prize, you don't get your weekly stipend. You get the first prize money. If you win second place, you don't get your stipend money. You get the fifty grand minus taxes. And in California, you might as well consider that to be about $35,000, maybe twenty five. dollars They take a lot of taxes out over there, just being blunt. But the situation is, is that, you know, basically if you voted for Cody – he finished third. If you vote at AFP, he finished third. Whoever, And there are times that I believe that if you look at the stipend money and whatnot and you look at other money that's been won, a lot of times these guys who win AFP make more than the guys who won second place. So AFP is very, very important just because they get the money, and maybe that doesn't matter. But this, the fact of the matter is, is that basically Cody wins third tied with Kevin. They both won twenty five grand. So, I mean, it's not a bad day for Cody when it's all said and done. <clears throat> so, but, you know, and out of all those jurors, I have to say, I think Jason was the most honest about being duped. I mean, the guy the guy was just straight up. Like, man, I got so fooled. I got so tricked by by Paul. It was ridiculous. Like, he, he masterminded me. He masterminded the whole season. He got me. 
but that's why I think that Alex really had a huge influence on his vote. Um, so those vote breakdowns I think are a little bit surprising. A lot of you guys said Joshua win. I told you guys I thought Joshua would in the final HOH. I, but I thought he was going to take Christmas. I was really surprised he took Paul. Now, do I think he'd made a better move by taking Paul? Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think that my fear would have been, as as Josh going into this thing, is that Paul's got a lot of people that might be mad at him. But one thing you can be, you can give Josh credit for, as far as winning, is those final interviews, uh, the exit interviews, the things that he said as people were being voted out the way that he kind of took on the limelight of getting blood on his hands. If you ask, you know, we're going to talk about this, but, you know, what what was the reason that Paul really lost? I think it's because he gave Josh a lot of credit throughout the game. And Josh ran with that credit throughout the game and, on top of it, made amends for all of that. Whereas Paul, as I said, tried to cut throats and then play victim card. Oh, I didn't know this was going on. And then when you get into jury, what did I tell you guys? When you get into jury and you try to explain that, you can't. You've already told people that you didn't know what was going on. Now you want to try to take credit for it. I told you guys, the best thing Josh can probably do is go ahead and take credit for all of it. And that was the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing to the jury that they looked at and said. The way that Josh handled it, the way that Josh managed the jury – when it came down to it, and Josh was straight up with people, and he made amends with, you know, look, you know, he, he did a lot of things bad to people. And I, I don't agree with Josh's tactics at all. I mean, the question has been asked to me, do I think that Josh, do I think that attacking people in the way Josh has done and Paul has done is is, is um, uncalled for? Is it unnecessary? Is it is it going past the game? No, I don't. I think anything's fair in the game. I think you have to realize it's a game. And I think you have to numb yourself to a lot of things that are going on. You have to quiet the the noise. And you have to learn how to needle back in those situations. I think Josh is an easy guy to handle. But, listen, I love to troll people and make them aggravate it. I'm like my two-year-old son. He loves to aggravate everybody around him. He gets it directly from me. I've been All my life I've been an aggravator. I've been a shit-stirrer all my life. But I think that with Josh, it's just simple as poking back at his ego, poking back his insecurities, and Josh completely falls apart. Now, they didn't take advantage of that, but it would have been fair play. So do I feel like that the way Josh and – I would say Josh and Paul bullied people. Alex just talked really bad about people. Yeah, she did some bullying, but she just talked really bad. Christmas did the same. But do I think that the bullying was uncalled for? No, I don't. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. It's not my style of play. It's not what I would do. And if I think if I was in a house watching it go on, I would have to say something. I mean, I don't think I could stand there and just watch somebody pick on Kevin the way that they did or really pick on Cody or Mark the way that they did. I don't think I would do well with that. But at the same time, it is a game. Those things are allowed. I, the the pot smashing thing, it just I, it, that's just beyond. But it is fair play. We saw Evil Dick do it. But it's just one of those things that, you know, you're in a game for half a million dollars. And either you're going to let things like that roll off your back and you're going to be a better player or you're going to fold. And a lot of these guys folded. And so it was effective. Whether or not we think it was, it was effective at times. It did throw them off their game. So it was a tactic. And I don't know that Paul – I think Paul needs to apologize for it now 
but I don't think Paul needs to apologize for his gameplay because I think all of it was fair. Um, we look at a lot of, of about jury management. Like I said, it is such a big part of it. I think Paul didn't learn anything from Paul management last or jury management last season that he did not, you know, he did not learn from this from last season. There's a lot of things he did learn from last season. You know, we see Paul in his, in his exit interview saying that he's very, and you can tell it. Listen, Paul loses, Paul loses the vote, and the immediate thing that he does is walk off into the house. I don't think Paul wanted to leave that house at that moment. I think it was so unreal for him. I think it was so devastating for that guy that I think he literally had to walk back to the back of the house. I mean, if you watch at the end when Josh is up and running up and down and, you know, screaming at he won, I mean, you see Paul take off. And I think Paul just needed that moment to say, I don't even want to leave this house right now. I don't even want to leave. I mean, he's confused on why he lost. And he said something in his ex area which I thought was really, really interesting. He said, I feel like... I played a different game than I did last year. And I agree with him. I think he did. He was very loud last year. He was very much a target early on, if you remember. He worked – and that was one of the reasons why I favored Paul last season. Anybody who is, like, number one target early on, who ends up finishing a final two, all credit deserved there. I think Paul played a really, really hard game last season, and I think he was constantly on the run. He was constantly on the run from the block. He was always trying to find a way to survive the week. And he made it to final two. And I think that that should have given Paul, in my opinion, a vote. Um, This season he was a lot more quiet. He played a lot of the victim card. He worked angles behind the scenes. He wasn't as in your face as as he was last season. He kept to himself a little bit more except for in his group. He whispered when he wanted something to be done a certain way and kind of convinced people to do it. He did play a different game. And Paul's confusion on his face is exactly that. It's like I played one way last year, made it to the final two and didn't win. I played a completely reverse way this year, made it to the final two and didn't win. What's wrong? And it all came down to the same thing both ways. It was just simply jury management. He didn't have to keep lying in the in the diary rooms or in the uh, goodbye messages. He didn't have to talk badly about people to others. I mean, there was a time where, you know, this affected Alex. But, again, I think Alex's vote completely changes if he strokes her ego a little bit. But that's where Paul makes a mistake. We told you, I, I told you last week, Paul's going to get up there, he's going to sound like he smoked a ton of meth, and he's going to go on and on and on and on and on about all these moves and all this thing, and he had to do this, he had to do that. And I find it funny, I, you know, really, I feel like you get two different speeches at the end. You either get a really erratic, all-over-the-place speech, you know, what I call like the Nicole speech, uh, or really kind of like the Josh speech, which is all over the place. And then you get this 100-mile-an-hour rehearsed Dan type of speech that goes, you know, on and on and on and rehearsed a million times in your head. And, you know, it's so fast you can't even keep up. I feel like we either get one of those two speeches. It would be nice to get a Dr. Will speech where it's just kind of laid out for you in a simple way. This is why I deserve to win. This is what I did to get here. You know, this is why I deserve it. You know, <laughs> we get, you know, this it looks like people that have been snorting coke for all night, and they get up there and they just go on and on and on. You just, my God, man, you know. And I told you guys, Paul's gonna have to slow down and speak carefully. Probably should have given the same advice to Josh, but neither one of them took it. And there was a point when Josh was making his speech, 
I was completely lost. I mean, I was completely lost where he was going. I mean, your big move is that, ha, 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 I'm a Big Brother super fan? That's your that's your move? No, I mean, dude, listen, you you have blood on your hands. You took you took the bullet. You're the guy who did it all. When 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 you need to be thrown off your game, I'm the guy they called. When they needed to slit your throat, I'm the guy they called because they couldn't do it. I did it. I'm the one that didn't use vetoes. I'm the one who who voted those votes. I'm the one who did all that stuff to you guys. And I'm and I apologize for it. And I apologize that I had to play the game so harsh with you. But know this, I did it to your face. I stabbed you in the front. I never stabbed you in the back, and I told you the truth when it was all done with. It was a game to me. I didn't hide behind somebody else. And that's essentially, I think, what they thought Josh said. <laughs> so they gave him, a, <laughs> I gave him the credit. But Paul just seriously, seriously overplayed this game. Routed off his reasons for um, deserving the win too fast, I think. I don't think he laid it out very nicely. Um, but listen, you know, Paul gets a ton of credit. Let's don't take a lot away from him. I mean, you're talking about two seasons in the house, back-to-back. He finishes final two. Look, that's a huge accomplishment. People that want to call Paul a great player, I think he deserves a little bit of that credit. I don't know that he's top three, top four, top five, but he's definitely in the, in the mention of a top ten player. I mean, you know, when you get outside the top five, there's not a whole lot of greatness. So, <laughs> I mean, there's some, but there's not a ton. And, you know, Paul definitely is somebody like in the rankings as we do the um, bracket next season. You definitely see Paul take a huge step up because two final twos in a row, he obviously knows this game well enough that, to play it. Um, so I think that Paul deserves a ton of credit for what he's been able to do in the last two seasons. And he's done it two different ways. Like I said, he goes from worst to first or worst to second last season, and he comes in as a vet by himself this season, although he had the safety, I agree with that. But he also finishes second here, knowing that people saw him last season in that final two. So, I mean, there is some credit, too. Um, but as much as you might see Paul getting screwed, you can't deny how the jury sees it. They see it the way they want to see it. And ultimately, like people say, the best players who the jury says is the best player it's not always the best player. We've said that with AFP. Sometimes jurors vote on who they like the best. Likeability is a huge factor. This is an argument I had with somebody in the past. Likeability is a factor in every election and every vote you'll make. Whether or not you want to admit it, whether or not anybody wants to tell you that, whether or not the media wants to tell you that, it's always about likeability. And if you don't like somebody as much as the other person, you will not vote for the person you don't like. I think in this jury is a great example. Likeability was a huge factor. Josh made amends with a lot of people. Paul was not likable by the end of this thing. Paul did not make amends when he had the opportunity, and therefore likability played a huge, huge part of that. I think a lot of it, too, for Paul was that he had convinced himself, he believed his own hype, that he was this puppet master, that he was doing these things. And although he was, you've got to be a little bit humble in the jury. You've got to be humble to the jury. You've got to say, you know, look, there are, we are all involved in me being here. You know, if it wasn't for Alex and Jason winning HOHs and keeping me safe at times, I wouldn't be here. But there was just a point where I started to realize you guys were getting dangerous. There's a humble, there's a humble being there that you have to, you have to eat a little humble pie, right? You can't just sit there and just, you know, make people believe that you're just this mastermind. And 
you have to understand that winning is a lot of luck. I mean, there's a lot of luck involved with winning. Um, and I believe that. I believe a lot of things have to go your way. They certainly did for Paul. But Paul, to me, did not humble up to that fact and uh, began to kind of believe his own hype. And I think he made a lot of people feel really stupid in the house, and that hurt too. You know, look, you're playing a game, and it's fun, and everybody's involved, and they're all having a blast. But the truth of the matter is when you start making people feel kind of dumb for believing you, when you kind of make people feel stupid for trusting you, and you don't make amends for that, it's going to come back for you. Um, and, you know, another thing, too, that we were talking about when we were talking about, you know, why things went the way they did, I just think that he was a little disrespectful during Josh's speech. There's a lot of faces made, a lot of, dis, you know, bewilderment of what are you talking about? And I think it was kind of a little disrespectful toward Josh's comments. I think that there's a lot of things that made him angry in Josh's statements that he was very obviously angry about. And I think that that hurt him. And he didn't play the jury. Josh did. And I think that that's where he feels the most burned, is that Josh played the jury and he didn't. We told you guys all season, I told you guys, one problem with Paul is that his game perception is way off. And that ended up being true. Not to toot my own horn here, but it ended up being true. His game perception was way off. Listen, guys, i got to take one more Morty's commercial because you know what? They're the reason we're here. So i got to do one more Morty's commercial for the last time. Maybe for the last time. I don't know. We're going to talk about some things. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Josh's game. And we're going to wrap this thing up, guys. You'll listen to the Big Brother After Show. Hang in there. We'll be right back. It's summertime again, which can only mean one thing. Big Brother coverage is back at Morty's TV. Morty's TV is the website that's been covering Big Brother USA since 2000. And now Morty's coverage is on Facebook and Twitter. So check out our links at mortystv.com slash bb or tvfanforums.com.
supposed to change the, the outro music for that and just never got around to it. That should have had like four or five different outro songs to it and it just never happened. So, But next season, I swear, we're going to be a lot better about getting those commercials right. Um, typically, we get one or two in and we have to do more these because they're, they're, you know, like they say, you got to dance with the one who brought who brought you to the dance. So uh, we got to do Morty's, but we should have done like four different variations of that one. So I'm sorry you guys always have to hear that same outro, but we'll do better next season, I promise. Um, you know, we talked a lot about you know why the votes went the way that they did. Um, how about you know Josh's goodbye messages? Um, I, and you know, I, and like I said, I think that the votes could probably go to Christmas if, if Josh takes Christmas. So maybe he did take the right person. I was surprised he took Paul. But I think Christmas could have won if Christmas and Josh were sitting in those final two seats because then I think Josh becomes the bad guy. Um, But, you know, we'll just never, ever know. I thought it was really surprising, though, at the end of the jury uh, when he was doing his talk, how Josh never really did use uh, Paul's safety as a reason uh, for Josh getting the win. Like, you know, saying, look, you know, this guy had two weeks of safety here. already played the game before. I thought that was kind of a bad move on Josh's part. Obviously, it didn't matter. Maybe it would have won him an extra vote. Maybe not. But I think that the safety and Paul having an advantage of seeing this game before uh, absolutely probably helps Josh. And I was really surprised, unless he did say it in that mumble. Remember, I had stomach flu yesterday, so I'm watching this thing through tainted eyes. But it just seemed like he never really went there, and I think it probably would have sealed the deal. Maybe got him an extra vote or two. Not that it mattered, but I thought it was really interesting that he didn't. But I want you guys to consider something on the vote. Um, a lot of people are very, very confused about the jury and why it voted this way, but I want to mention something to you guys. I think it's a very, very valid point. With this vote, you know, I have to wonder, was it the jury's opportunity to cleanse themselves by blaming everything on Paul? Was this their chance to wash themselves of, like, their sins in the house by making Paul the bad guy? And is Paul being kind of unfairly treated? I mean, in a way where, you know, he's right. These are 15 adults that are in the house that could have played their game any way they wanted to play it. Do I necessarily blame Paul for all that? No, of course not. I don't think it's fair to blame Paul for that. But I do think that this jury vote was a way of them saying we don't agree with Paul's gameplay. However, the irony of all of that and the hypocrisy of all that is that all of them were part of Paul's gameplay and they all did what Paul wanted them to do. So I have to think that maybe this jury vote, to answer your final question of why jury did what they did, was I think possibly to cleanse who they were. To say, look, you know, this is not on us, it's on you. You're the person being judged now. So if we if we make it bad on you, if we make you the bad guy, then we're not the bad people because we're going to vote against you. We're going to vote against your tactics and your bullying and the way that you played. But if you look at it, Alex was just as bad. Jason said some horrible things, right? Raven said some stupid stuff. Matt ate a lot of cereal, <laughs> which is just as bad as not even showing up, you know? Christmas said some pretty mean things, too. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you go, I wonder if this is just the opportunity for people on jury to cleanse their own sins, to say, you know, look, we were a part of this, but we're not anymore. You're on your own. You're on an island by yourself. 
And I think that that's why the jury really did vote the way that they did. We can analyze everybody's vote and say, oh, it's about ego and all this, but I think a lot of it just did come down to there's a lot of things that went bad in this house. There's a lot of things that were said in this house. There are a lot of things that were done very nasty in this house. And we're so ego-driven that what we'll do is let Paul take the blame for it all, cleanse our own sins, and walk away from this thing. And I think that's really what you got in this jury. Let Paul take the fall. Let Josh be the guy that's the lesser of two evils. Let's give him the money, and then subconsciously we won't have to deal with the things that were done in this house. Because this was an awful, nasty house. I mean, there was a lot of things that were said. I mean, some of the things that Jason said about Kevin alone were pretty disgusting. Awful, awful <laughs> about his wife and kids. I mean, I think this is an opportunity for a lot of them to cleanse themselves of things that they said. But, you know, look, I think many of the jurors understood lying, but they felt like it was all said and done after being in the jury house, so they realized he was lying even at, even after his feelings were expressed to them about friendship. Yeah, I think they just felt like, you know what, he went so far into making us believe we were friends, which is so dumb, let's be honest. I mean, it's just stupid to believe that. i, I got to be honest with you. I think if I play in this house, this is going to sound like the coldest thing ever, but I'm going to tell you straight up, I think if I play in this house, I rarely talk to anybody ever again. Like, it is one of those things where you have this, especially if I win, the first thing I want to do is get out of there. The second thing I want to do is probably not be part of the part of going to parties and doing, like, at that point, you just want to go home, I think. I got kids. I just want to go. <laughs> so, you know, I just think that, you know, the friendship thing was played so hard by Paul that these people really bought into it. They really believed it. And shamefully, you know, and to his credit and to his detriment, detriment it almost it almost was twofold. He, he sold the friend thing so well that when people got out of the jury, when they got in the jury house and they kind of started comparing notes and realizing that he was being like that with everyone, they really felt like they were they were really cheated by his by his feelings. And as dumb as that sounds, and as the old big brother would have wholly looked past all that, the new big brother is a little bit more sensitive. Let's be honest. There's a lot more sensitivity to that. Um, but it is what it is, and I think that this jury, like I said, to wrap it up, I really think that this jury was one that felt like it could cleanse its sins by throwing everything on Paul and letting Paul take it and then voting for Josh to kind of give themselves an out from the things that they did this season. Will it help? I don't know. A lot of you guys are really happy. So I have to think that those who voted for Josh will probably get benefit of the doubt from most of you. Those who voted for Paul probably won't. Raven will probably still get a lot of hate from you guys. Matt will probably get a lot of hate from you guys. Christmas, you know. But, you know, like I said, it is what it is. You guys treat it the way you want to treat it. I just ask you to kind of be kind because, I mean, these people in the house, can you imagine being under this microscope? It's not something I would want to do. I mean, I'd love to play, but, my God, I don't think I'd want to live with what comes after that. And the way that I would probably play, I think I'd have to go in being a character and say i got to be this kind of person I can't be myself. I've got to be something else, you know, to manipulate this house and to get what I want and to make deals. Um, and certainly you don't want people to believe that when you get out, when you're trying to live a normal life. People are judging you by what you did in three months in a house. So 
I do agree with a lot of points that people make about that. Again, you know, we saw Cody win America's Favorite Player. We already discussed that. I think a lot of that was just a troll back on the house to kind of show them that you guys appreciate it, somebody who didn't do what Paul told them to do. I don't think the house understood it. I think they may eventually get it one day, but certainly I'm sure that you will let them know on social media why you voted for Cody. That will be an interesting day. Uh, again, money won. Josh wins the 500000 Paul wins the 50000 Remember, I don't believe they get their stipend weekly checks after they do that, if you win first or second. Kevin wins 25000 Cody wins 25000 and possibly wins more than Kevin because he was in the jury house a little bit longer. So I would actually put Cody at third, Kevin at fourth, winning $25,000, and Elena at fifth, winning that extra five grand. So really, if you're placing people by money one, that's your top five. I know, pretty crazy. Um, but there's been a lot of ask about whether or not we will be doing Celebrity Big Brother. I don't know. A lot of that depends on a couple of things. Uh, it depends on the schedule, number one. Number two, like if evictions are still on Thursdays or whatever. And they may move evictions to a different night, which might make it better for the schedule. We might do that. And it will depend on whether or not, and I've always said this, and this is why we didn't do a Big Brother over the top. I get this all the time. The reason we didn't do Big Brother over the top was because there was so much fan voting involved that it kind of wasn't, it didn't feel like the same kind of game. If they put celebrities in this house, and they vote each other out, and I know that the Celebrity Big Brother UK version, A, is really short. I think it's only like a couple of weeks. If it's a couple of weeks, you probably won't do anything on that. It just doesn't make any sense. If it's another, like, two- or three-month game, that'll put a check mark in the fact that we might do a show on it. Two, it'd have to be a game that kind of plays the exact same way as Big Brother, meaning that they vote each other out, there's strategy involved, because it's really tough, um, and I try to explain this to a lot of you guys, when there's not a lot of strategy, when you're in the house and you have people voting you out that's in the house with you, there are deals that are made. There are things that you should have done that you didn't do. There are things that, are, that can be dissected by us watching it. And I think that if you're voting people out uh, within the house, you're making moves and winning vetoes and all that stuff, it's completely something that we can discuss live. When you get into fan votes and people voting and people saying, you know, I vote for so-and-so because I like them better or whatever. That kind of takes it out of the realm of being able to really have a true logical talk about strategy. If there's no strategy involved, there's no point for the show. So it really depends on a lot of things. Like I said, A, the length, if it goes for a month or two, it'd have to be, it'd have to be longer than a month for sure. If we're looking at 60 days, 90 days, we're probably back in. We have to talk to some people, but I think we'd be back in on that. If it's a game where people are going to be voted out and people are going to use veto and have a strategy, we'd be all over that too. But if it's a situation where fans are voting, we'll be out because it just doesn't make any sense to talk about strategy when there's no strategy involved. You know, then you're just gossiping, which I'm good at, but we can do that online and on Twitter. I'm sure we'll be active on Twitter about it, especially if it's going to be on CBS, which it looks like it will be. So that will be very, very interesting. And I am excited to see what they're going to do with that and how they're going to do it. My fear of Celebrity Big Brother has always been that our obsession with celebrities, our, our, our obsession with fame and entertainment, it's always been a fear of mine that Celebrity Big Brother is so popular that they stop doing regular people, and maybe that's a good thing now. But they stop doing regular people and they turn it over to a Celebrity Big Brother cast where they're going to do two or three months of celebrities. 
that will absolutely anger me because I cannot I don't I think I'm so celebrity out guys I think we see it all the time we're so obsessed with celebrity and we're going to have reality t- you know show stars and YouTube stars on there and all this other stuff and it just I think it takes away from you know the real people who have been watching this game forever who fight to get on here to win a half a million dollars to use the strategies they've learned to to be like the legends who have played this game and I do consider some of these people who have played legends you know, to try to be the new Dan and be the new Will and, and be uh, those kind of players, the new Evil Dicks and <clears throat> the new Rachels. You know, when you take away from the everyday person being able to play this game and, and not have the advantage of being cameras on them all the time and not have the advantage of being a celebrity who might know another celebrity that's in the house. Those types of things, I think, are not as interesting uh, for a show like ours as you know, people who have never been in that position having to find their way out. And I think we're all still looking for the new Dan, and we're all still looking for the new Will. We're still looking for the new Evil Dick or the new Danielle Donato or the new Janelle or, you know, the new James Ryan. We're always looking for the new type of player that changes the game. And um, there's a list of them that have changed the game. Danielle Reyes, um, Will, Allison Irwin and June uh, Sung, um, We've seen these people change the game and make it better, and I think we're all still looking for that. And I think if my fear is if we go to Celebrity Big Brother, they're going to see great ratings from it, and they're going to say, well, let's just do Celebrity Big Brother. It's so much easier to do. We don't have to really cast anyone. We just kind of find these B and C list celebrities. We'll throw them in there, and we'll let them do the show. And I think that that takes away from what the true, genuine element of Big Brother is, and I hope that that's not the case it's got me a little bit afraid that Celebrity Big Brother is going to be truly popular. Lastly, the last thing I would like to address was comments that I made that got quite a stir, which was my comparison to Derek and Paul. I will stick by those comparisons. The argument has been is that Derek did not have the advantage Paul had, which I disagree with. I feel like Derek and Paul are comparable in the fact that they both have very easily manipulated uh, casts. They both had people wanting them to win that basically were laying down for them to win. They both manipulated and basically, I don't know that, you know, Derek lied on some occasions, like his profession, but I don't know that Derek lied like Paul lied. But neither one of them went on the block. Uh, Both of them played a very, very, very manipulative good game. We give Derek a lot of credit because Derek is quote-unquote likable, although I think that's fallen off a lot with his new book. A lot of people are kind of trolling him about this book he's released. I don't know what's going on with that about being a happier person or something, and it doesn't even look like it's a real book. But anyway, maybe it is. I'm not shooting you down, Derek. I'm just saying, you know, if you got it. looks like one of those old websites for a e- e- e-book, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird. You know, it's 2017, dude. Do you still need that kind of website? I don't know. Derek hates me. But listen, whatever. He wrote a book. I didn't. Give him credit for it. Uh, But I think they both have manipulative cast. A lot of people said, oh, you know, here's the advantage. Paul had had the ability to play the game before. He had the knowledge of the game, and he had safety. That separates him and Derek. My argument to that is, is that, okay, that's fair. But Derek had a different type of advantage, which is he had real monetary, true training 
to be an undercover police officer. Now, if we talk about being an undercover police officer, you've got to learn lie, you've got to learn manipulation, you've got to learn to change who you are, you've got to change your mannerisms, you've got to change everything. And you have to be trained to psychologically understand <coughs> and manipulate, excuse me, manipulate other people to work other people to get what you want, to lie to other people to get what you want, and to understand when other people are lying to get you what you want. So if, if, if Derek's had this training as an undercover cop, and I've said this, this always hurts Derek in my rankings as, a, as, as top ten. You know, a lot of people want to put him up there in that real high spot, and I take him down a little bit because I go, look, not everybody walks in that house that has that kind of career training. And not taking anything from Derek, but the truth of the matter is, is that Derek had a huge advantage when he walked into the Big Brother house. And when he walked into Big Brother 16, he had an advantage. He has been in several situations with a variety of strangers in life or death of scenarios where he had to pull off the right lie, the right manipulation, the right tell, the right moment, the right thing to say to survive, to accomplish his job. And there was a lot of money invested in him to be able to do that. There was a lot of training invested in him to do that, and a lot of experience invested in him to do that. So the comparisons between Derek and Paul, to me, are very, very similar. Now, Derek wasn't as involved as Paul was, but he was still very involved. And I feel like they both have very manipulative cast. They both were very, very, very um, looked up to in their cast. They were chosen to win. They were the people that were going to win. Of course, Derek ended up winning. Paul didn't. But... Paul wasn't sitting next to somebody who wanted him to win. I mean, Josh obviously wanted to win this game. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, I think that they are very comparison, uh, comparable as players. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but that's my reasoning for it. I think that Derek and Paul are very comparable, and I think that that makes people a lot of, a lot of people angry because they did handle it differently, and no, Derek didn't bully and be mean. But look, the, the basis of both players is there. They both had huge advantages coming into their house. They both had manipulative cast. And they both were people that everyone was pushing to win. It's hard to argue those points, guys. I know it's tough because Derek is a likable guy and Paul showed himself to maybe not be. But let's not forget, when Paul walked into that house, a lot of you that hate him now were very excited to see him. So it, the argument remains is that Paul, at the point when he walked in the house, for the most part, was very likable by a lot of people and thought that he deserved a second chance. It wasn't until Paul began to use some tactics that were a little bit questionable that Paul ended up in a situation where he was very hated. Either way, I wouldn't say it was a great season. I would say it was a good season. I wouldn't even say it was a good season. It was a mediocre season. It was a season that was very unique for the fact that it went backwards. You usually get excited at the beginning. You choose somebody you really like, and you cheer them on, and people go home that you want to see go home. This is a very reverse season where really it didn't get fun until the end when you start seeing a lot of delusional, crazy people that thought that they should win this game and were going to finish. Eight of them were going to finish in the final one, you know, final chair. One chair, all eight of them were going to cram their butts in it. You know, made it enjoyable to see a lot of them go home. And I'm sorry that if a lot of them are listening to this, but it's the truth. So it's a very interesting season in the fact that it was almost reversed. It went backwards. We went from seeing people that we normally cheer for and go, you know, want to see go home early. We started to cheer for the people that were going home later. And this is a fact of the matter. 
I want you to ask yourself, were you more excited that Josh won or that, or that Paul lost? Because this is a season, I believe, where the, for the, the, there was more excitement for the loser than there was for the winner. That should tell you where this season ranks. Folks, listen, it has been an awesome time being your host. I appreciate it. I'm always honored with this every year. I, I'm, I appreciate being asked back. I'm sorry that some of the schedule was crazy. I know we didn't get the kind of attention t- uh, tonight that we would have gotten last night. I know there was a lot of things going on last night. Everybody was excited and talking. And it's the way that things happen sometimes. So I apologize, but I cannot help. Trust me, you would not have wanted me to do a show last night. You barely want me to do one when I'm completely healthy, much less when I'm sick. Uh, it would have been awful. <laughs> it would have been way worse than you're used to. So anyway, it's been a fun season. It's been a great time with you guys. I appreciate all of our callers that have called in over the season and shared things with us and talked with us about it. Uh, I, I appreciate all your tweets, all your acknowledgments, all your retweets, all your follows. In fact, Twitter's telling me I can't follow any more people, but we're going to find a way to overcome that. Um, again, don't forget, in the off season we do a lot of things. We'll keep up with Celebrity Big Brother even if we don't do a show. We'll be putting some polls out there, keeping you guys interested, hopefully throwing some spoilers and stuff out your way so that you can keep up with it. Um, but it's been I want to thank Morty's again. Morty's has been awesome um, in being a part of this show. They've always pushed us uh, the last couple of years, and it's definitely shown in the numbers. I want to thank you, all you guys for listening. Renee, Jesse, uh, Rob, Sean, all those guys, uh, Mr. Excitement, everybody that, you know, sends something personal or, you know, calls in, it's such a big deal for us to get that. We appreciate it so much. I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for making this such a fun season. Uh, It may not be fun from what we watch, but we seem to always be together on this, and it's always so much fun, and it's a humbling experience to be able to be a part of it. Thanks, guys. For the last time in 2017, maybe? For Big Brother 18, or Big Brother 19, good Lord. Big Brother 19 After Show. I'm your host, Sam. You've been listening to the Big Brother After Show. It's been an honor. Again, thank you guys. And for the last time on this season, be good to each other. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Underhanded, unscrupulous, and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother.